0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to episode number three of the Believe in Minnesota football podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Um, I'm your host, Tony Liebert, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert. Um, for t- today's episode, uh, I am recording this right after uh, the news that Mo Ibrahim will be out for the entire season due to his Achilles injury, um, so we'll be recapping that news, the Gophers' uh, Week 1 defeat against Ohio State, and previewing their Week 2 game against Ohio The Miami of Ohio RedHawks out of the MAC Conference. All right, let's get right into it. Minnesota, Ohio State. My um, biggest takeaway from this game, from the Gophers' perspective, is that they know what their ceiling is as a team this year. Their ceiling is they can beat anyone in the Big Ten. They just played with the number four ranked Ohio State Buckeyes for at least three quarters, if not four, at least two, if not three. They, didn't, they, they had at least one bad quarter total. But they played great football for at least a, half of the game, if not a third of the game against the fourth-ranked team in the country, by far the best team in the Big Ten. There is zero reason why the Gophers should not believe they have a chance to win any game remaining on their schedule, which, as a Gophers fan, is a terrific um, sight to see. It's exciting. Uh, This program has came a long way. And for them to put up that performance on a national stage primetime game under the lights against Ohio State, it should be exciting. It should Gopher fans should be thrilled. With that being said, um, it is frustrating that they weren't able to win a game that they could have. And uh, five years ago, I think most Gophers fans would gladly take a 14-point loss to Ohio State. And I think it is – very telling how far this program has come, for so many people still to be to even think that we had a chance to win that game. But I think for the season-long outlook of this team, it's sky high. It should almost be higher than it was before the season. I, I see no reason after Wisconsin lost this week to Penn State why this Gophers team cannot. Compete for a title in the Big Ten West. I, I think the Big Ten West is wide open. Um, I, I think there's no reason, like I said, there's no reason why this team can't beat anyone else remaining on their schedule. I think they, uh, the rest of the season's up to them. They uh, control their own destiny, like everyone says. If they win out, they're in the Big Ten title game and they're playing this Ohio State team again. Uh, on a neutral field, and by that point of the season, there's no uh, telling what this game's going to look like. Um, more in-depthly, I think the biggest takeaway from this game, um, other than Mo Ibrahim going down, but we'll get to that later, um, was that the wide receiver group, then the pass catchers, uh, I think stepped up in a big way. In the absence of Chris ottman Bell, there there's a lot of uh, inexperience, I guess, in the pass catching group. Probably the most inexperienced um, position group on this football team before the season. Um, Dalen Wright in his first game with the Gophers looked terrific. He lived up to the hype of being a four-star recruit. of five catches, fifty-seven yards, and a touchdown he looked like he has the potential to be a number one option on a winning football team. Um, Daniel Jackson played well. Uh, he's a great two or three receiver for any football team. Uh, Brevin Spanford had one of his probably best pass-catching games um, in his career, honestly. Three catches, 44 yards. Uh, he, Him and both Co- Coquif played uh, very well in the run game, blocking from the tight end position. So, as a whole, I think uh, without Chris Oppenbell, for how and how well this Minnesota receiving corp uh, played against a talented Ohio State secondary, uh, from my point of view, I think that's just huge for the rest of the season because I think that kind of answers the question mark it was heading into the year. And an area that could have been this team's biggest weakness, I think. There's no argument that it is, I don't think, a weakness. It's far from a strength of this team, but it's definitely not holding this team back from where they want to go. And then as for the defense, I, that's obviously, I think, the uh, biggest room for improvement after this game. Um, Ohio State put up 45 points, and they had, I think, six plays over 35 yards. uh the, the defense made plays, obviously. Terrell Smith had the pick in the first half, which was just a massive momentum turn. Terrell Smith as a whole, as a whole played like a number one uh, cornerback. He played uh, terrific against Chris Olave in the first quarter. He held him to, I think, just one catch in the first quarter. Um, uh, receiver of Olave's uh, talent, it's obviously difficult to hold him quiet for the whole game. So he obviously broke out later with some big plays in the second half. And I I think that's really just the biggest thing is limiting the huge plays because, honestly, uh, the Gophers were able to get Ohio State in a lot of third-down situations. They just couldn't get them off the field. And the big run uh, to start the game from the running back kind of opened it up. And then Olave had the two long touchdowns, and Garrett Wilson had the long touchdown. Um. Yeah, and th- th- uh their other running back had the big screen pass touchdown. I I think oh uh, the Gophers played well if you take out those four plays. Obviously, that's tough to say because it's, if you take out the four plays, it's a different football game. But um, I think there's definitely a lot to build off from this defense. Uh, they have playmakers. The uh, linebacking court looked much improved from last year. Um, For how much Ohio State pounded them in the mouth with the uh, 71-yard run on the first drive, the Gophers only allowed 130 rushing yards the rest of the game. So I think that uh, they really recovered after such a big play and showed that they can at least hold themselves with uh, an, a talented Ohio State offense, uh, 45 points is obviously way too much, and you're not going to win many football games with that, especially without your two best um, offensive playmakers. Um, but I think there's definitely some stuff to build on. Uh, Terrell Smith played very well. Um, Boye Mafe also had what played well. He had three tackles, one hurry. Um, when uh Howden went down uh, you could tell that made a huge difference in the secondary. Um, it kind of opened up Ohio State for those three huge uh pass plays, uh, long touchdowns to two to, to Alave and one to Wilson. Um, they they kind of looked uh like they were missing their linebacker in the secondary. PJ Flex said that after the game that Howden is kind of like. Uh, not linebacker they missed, they're missing their quarterback at the secondary he's kind of like calling the plays uh running the running the whole show from the secondary they look confused and i think out of sync when he went out of the game so it'll be interesting this week looking ahead at Miami of Ohio how um the secondary will play with howden back at full strength which he should be because um pj flex said that he's fine um, and yeah, I, I, overall, I think the defense is better than last year. Uh, this Ohio State offense is very, very, very good, if not the best in the entire country. They have – everyone talks about the receivers. Uh, C.J. Stroud, their redshirt freshman QB did not play great by any means, but he made those big plays. It, it was kind of he, he, – more. it was more that the receivers were getting wide open, but – I don't think many teams are going to hold this Ohio State team to much less than 45 points, to be completely honest. This, this offense is top tier in college football. So th- being that they were uh, able to make plays and force them into bad situations, I think that just should raise their confidence. Um, and then kind of back to the offensive side of the ball of uh, more for the running game. Um, Obviously, the biggest uh, story, I think, from the game, other than the game itself, was uh, Mo Ibrahim going down with uh, what the school is calling a season-ending lower leg injury, but anyone on Twitter could see that that was likely an Achilles tear. The school hasn't officially announced it, but you can only assume. but he mo looked uh great. it's very unfortunate that he's out for the rest of the year because he looked even better than last year, which was insane that he that someone can reach that point um after how great of a year he had last year uh he looked explosive, he looked uh patient he looked like everything you wanted from a running back so um. As for the running game as a whole, uh, the I think in the second, the entire second quarter and the start of the third quarter, the Gophers' offensive line completely took that game over. That was why the Gophers were winning at that point of the game. They were manhandling Ohio State's defensive line. They were just running up and down. Uh, Mo was getting anywhere he wanted. Kind of right after that uh, fifty-six yard touchdown, it wasn't a touchdown, fifty-six yard run that set up the Dalen Wright touchdown. You could tell that kind of, like, helped the Gophers offense line settle in. They almost got their confidence there, and they're like, we can handle these guys. And uh, heading into the year, everyone was saying that's the strength of this team, and I think it's going to be still with or without Mo. Um, I think there's plenty of talent in the running back room outside of Mo with Trey Potts, Cam Wiley, and Bryce Williams. It's obviously – Um, Not going to be easy to replace uh, top two running back in the country, in my eyes, if not one. Um, But I believe running behind that offensive line that just played very well against an extremely talented Ohio State front seven. um, I think the trio of Trey Potts, Cam Wiley, and Bryce Williams, I think could make a serious – they could get close to replicating Moe's rushing attack himself. That It's a talented trio. Um, Bucky Irving and Kai Thomas also could get some run. Um, P.J. Fleck has said they, they've they looked good in camp. And I believe all five of those names could have a role in this running game. And I think kind of just going with like the hot hand approach, almost like how the San Francisco 49ers have done the past few years. They kind of just run out any running back that they have, and they all succeed. I think that could be a situation that we're looking at with this Gophers team, honestly. I think that uh, with how talented this offensive line is and how dominant they showed they can be against Ohio State, um, I, I think a plethora of guys are going to have plenty of success behind this offensive line. Uh Losing Mo kind of limits the ceiling of this offense, um, but I don't think it limits it dramatically. Uh, I, I think this still can be a very productive offense without Mo, Mo Ibrahim, um, but it, I guess only time will tell. Um, I think the Miami of Ohio game will be huge for figuring out what um, – if at all, how this offense will want to change and how they want to look like going forward. Um, But, yeah, uh, I think that they should have every chance and ability to still be productive enough to win a Big Ten West title without Mo um, for the rest of the season. Um, As for more of the, the game... Uh, it was just a, uh, just a terrific football game. If you're just a fan of college football, you have to admit that was just a great football game. It's um, very refreshing to see that it was a sold-out arena or stadium and the student section was going crazy. Um, that was just a fun, fun game to be at. Um, it, it. I think it's just very exciting as a fan of Gophers football to see how far this program has came. I. Oh, I don't want to say what was a uh, program-changing loss, but it, it was almost as close as you can get, I think. Um, I, they showed that they belong on the national stage, I think. Uh, a beatdown of—if Ohio State won by 20-plus in that game, uh, maybe 25-plus, I'll say, but that could have been uh, tough for the uh, respect that this program gets on the national stage. I think this was huge for the national respect of the Minnesota Gophers um, football program. Um, At the end of the day, though, the game just came down to big plays. Uh, Ohio State had the the better playmakers, and they made plays when they needed to, and the Gophers didn't. I think it was plain and simple. Um, Obviously, the uh, injuries to Ibrahim... Um, and Howden in the game and Ottman Bell before the game could have helped dramatically. But that's just what the game came down to. Um, I'm uh, very pleased to see how the Gophers played. And if you're a fan of Gophers football, you should be excited for the rest of the season. Um, on to the Gophers week two op- opponent, the uh, Redhawks of the Miami of Ohio University or University of Miami of Ohio. Um, Miami lost 14 to 49 in their week one matchup with eighth ranked um, Cincinnati. Um, on the surface, it might you might look at that and be like, okay, the gophers should just roll through um, Miami. Um, but it, which I expect that they likely will as 20-point favorites at home um, after such a big game in Ohio State. But I wouldn't um, completely say that Miami of Ohio is a complete rollover. It's not like um, Bowling Green, who the Gophers play in two weeks, who is a complete rollover. Miami of Ohio is one of the better MAC uh, teams I, I truly believe um, they won the conference title two years ago in 2019 um, they still have a lot of the same players they've had the uh, same head coach for I believe eight seasons they have a good mid-major uh, program and um, obviously the Gophers should be expected to win and they should be expected to cover the 20-point spread but um against Cincinnati, Miami of Ohio did not have their uh starting quarterback Brett Gabbert um who injured his thumb in practice and he was not able to go for the game. Uh Gabbert is the brother of uh current Buccaneers backup I believe uh Blaine Gabbert who was a first round pick by the Jaguars a few years ago. Um so Brett Gabbert is a now redshirt sophomore who started um the season that miami of ohio won the mac conference and he wasn't able to play last year during the covid year due to a multitude of injuries and just a combination of being that the mac only played i believe four regular season games um so miami of ohio had to start their backup and to be honest their backup is not good at all um A.J. Mayer, uh, he went 9 of 28 for 109 yards, zero touchdowns, and he had um, six carries for 12 yards. Um, So I think if uh, Gabbert dressed for um, the Cincinnati game and being that he wasn't able to practice for much of the preseason because before his thumb injury, he had a knee injury, um, Miami of Ohio decided to not roll him out there. So I think if he um, rolls out, if they decide to start him in this game, we could see a little bit um, better of an offense from the Red Hawks. Um, but to be honest, they're still not a terrific team. They're young. Um, they don't have much experience. Um, but they still have uh, people from their team that won the conference and they have a good head coach, good program, like I said earlier. Um... But they still they still do play in the MAC, so it's a di- different level of competition. And Cincinnati, I believe, has a dark horse shot to make the playoff this year, uh, barring they if they beat um, Notre Dame and Indiana. But uh, obviously, the Gophers don't play Cincinnati. But I Miami Ohio lost by a lot of points to a very 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 good football team, and um. I, the Gophers could replicate the same thing, um, but I, again, I I don't see Miami of Ohio as one of these like bottom ten teams in the country. There, I think they're a middle pack team in the MAC. So I the Gophers should certainly not overlook them in this game. Um, but they they don't do anything special. Um, and they're not. They don't have. They have a, a decent running game and a decent offensive line. They had a. Offensive going to get drafted last year to the Bills, who's from Edina, Minnesota, Tommy Doyle. But um, the Gophers should win this game. I think the biggest uh, thing that they're going to need to do in this game is run the football, uh, plain and simple. They're just going to have to rely on their strengths. And um, I think it'll be a, a big game to figure out their identity, uh, figure out which – Approach they want to take as an offense, with Ottman Bell likely coming back and now figuring out what rotation of running backs they would like to use. Um, th- I, this game obviously um, could completely – it, it sh- could be a kickstart for the rest of the year. Uh, if they come out and have a, a similar performance that um, Cincinnati had, against Miami, and uh, they just roll over them, I think that uh, it could be the start of the uh, rest of the season, I guess. And they could uh, parlay that into success against Colorado and Bowling Green and the rest of the non-conference. And then um, they they move that into the uh, conference play. And then they have the confidence of this team could easily be 3-1 and one heading into conference play. And uh, this game could just be the start. So um, I I think it'll be big for um, the Gophers. It would be a great measuring test. But again, um, for this game, I feel like uh, if um, Miami of Ohio's redshirt sophomore QB Brett Gabbard plays or not will be kind of the determining factor if the Red Hawks can stick around early. Um, I think, in all seriousness, the worst-case scenario is Miami of Ohio keeping it within a touchdown or two in the first half, and the Gophers pulling away or sticking at that score for the rest of the game. I, I don't really see Miami of Ohio being much more competitive than that. Um, but, again, this is a team that they can't overlook. Um it should be a great game to watch, and I think that's all I got for you guys today. Um, we'll have a more um, in-depth uh, episode next week as I get into the swing of the football season. I appreciate you listening, and um, Skyumar, row the boat, go Gophers. <music>